Hi, and welcome back to Talking with Unicorns. Today with us, we have Matt Arnoldas, and he was at Cisco for over 20 years, has a wealth of knowledge in um, sales, and is going to share with us a little bit about that today. So tell us about yourself, Matt. So uh, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, I, was, I was in tech for roughly 34 years. Uh, um, with two different companies. One evolved a bunch of times. A company called Aris, now owned by Comscope, all in sales. And then in uh, 2000, went to Cisco and to essentially further uh, run uh, sales teams there, you know, moved up a bit um, and ran sales in the service provider space. So, kind of the heyday of service provider, you know, ATT, Verizon, among others, T Mobile, which used to be uh, Voice Stream up in the Seattle area. Uh, spent a lot of time up there. Um, ran teams at Cisco for gosh, 15 years or so. And then also took a stint in BD and alliances. So all of it in relative, uh, relatively close to sales or in sales directly sales leadership. And what did you, how did you get into sales? What was your route into sales? What made you want to work in this space? So uh, just to do a checksum, most of the folks that would watch this would be uh, just entering, just entering the space, correct? Or entering into the, or first or second job, that kind of thing. Correct. So the Chasing Unicorns a little bit about us is it's a program, um, kind of like a boot camp or learning school for people who are wanting in to enter into either sales, marketing, recruiting in that kind of space, but within a tech industry. So we bring on people like yourself who have knowledge of kind of what sales looks like in a tech space and to learn from them. So yeah, that's kind of Got it. So relevant to that question, um, I interned in college. I was actually on the radio in college. I was a disc jockey. And um, when um, I graduated from college, I actually followed the gal that I went to work for in, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, down to Atlanta to work at CNN. So my first job out of college was actually down at CNN. Um, and believe it or not, I couldn't even afford to live in Atlanta on what they were paying me because back then, Ted Turner was the guy you wanted to work for and people were working for free, including me. So um, what ended up happening is I got my first job in sales when I got traded to a partner company from CNN to a company called Annixter Brothers in Chicago. So I moved back to Chicago and went to work for Annixter as an inside salesperson, which is generally where you would start either in sales support or sales. Um, wrote a desk for three or four years, moved to the West Coast and um, you know, learned everything there was to know about essentially running a sales desk uh, from the inside. And then from there, moved outside and then into leadership. But um, I mean, the key to the whole thing was just having contacts in college and working those contacts after college in order to just get something and, and jump into the game. And so what did you study in college? Did you know that that's the route that you wanted to go after college or did you have other ideas? So I, I was going to be the next great disc jockey when I was in college. So I, and I, and I was actually lucky enough to be in a, a, like a smaller market where they would, you know, take on a no talent guy like myself and let him, you know, do the weekend shift. So I was able to get on the radio in, in Milwaukee, um, you know, while I was in college and then we actually did a little bit of TV as well. Um, and, you know, just worked the, the sort of the internship angle while I was in school made a few bucks and then used it after school to get in. But the key was just the relationships, right? You know, and, and actually doing stuff. And then, you know, uh, not to tell you guys anything about internships, everybody knows 
and, and tech has great internships, um, uh, especially now. Uh, but it was it was critical to to kind of you know get under the covers a bit and learn a little bit about the business so that you could have a relevant conversation when you were trying to get that next job. Definitely, yeah. And I, as we were talking earlier, you said you also did some business development later on at Cisco. Can you tell us more about that? What was your transitions throughout the company like as you got promotions and how that kind of moved around? Yeah. So when I, I was running sales in a particular group for uh, almost 10 years and we were expanding um, uh, changing the company like Cisco is known to do about every six months if you've paid attention they restructure all the time it, it allowed a lot of opportunities to try and do different things so I wanted to do a global role um, mm -hmm. you know because I was doing US or North America stuff for almost my entire career and I wanted to do something you know in Europe and in Asia so I was able to um, get a, a business development job relative to the space that I was in already and, um, you know, take on a global role. And I just happened to be in the right place at the right time, talking to my, uh, my, my boss at the time, who was also moving into uh, a different group. So, you know, just really what it ended up being was knowing that I wanted to do something different mm -hmm. and voicing that to the right people at the right time and then being able to execute that, um, you know, pretty quickly after they made changes. That's amazing. So what did this global role entail? What exactly was that? Were you traveling or were you in? Yeah. Yeah. So that, and that's what I wanted to do because business outside the U S is so much different than it is in the U S. Um, and, and even in the same lines of business. So I was, you know, we we're selling routes, switch hardware, all this stuff that Cisco sells to service provider customers, but doing that in Europe where you've got, you know, 20 some countries, all of which are about autonomous systems, uh, even in the EU was, was an experience unto itself. So yeah, I was flying over there for conferences or going and meeting with people to bring, you know, sort of the voice of headquarters to Europe, which I, that's what I totally didn't get is that you were a rock star in any other country because you were from corporate mm. and you knew things and you knew the people and you're like, you can really get a meeting with that person. I'm like, sure. You want to do it? Let's do it right now. So there were, there was a certain uh, benefit to having been from, they didn't even know that I don't, didn't live in San Jose, but um, being from California was enough and, and knowing the right people in, in corporate was, was, was really valuable. So I used that to my advantage in, you know, Asia, Latin America, and in uh, Europe. That's amazing. What are some of the large differences when you think about sales in the U S versus when you were in Asia or Europe? Yeah. I mean, it, it culturally, I mean, it's number one, it's culture. They want to do business and culture, but they, they definitely want to, uh, they, they, they want to understand what's going on in the US. So, I mean, there's probably no one good answer to that question. And, you know, in Japan, nothing ever gets out of Japan. They, everything has to stay there. They don't communicate outside the country. Um, in China, obviously it's a different model. Um, Southeast Asia, um, Korea and whatnot kind of have their own uh, ways of doing things. More welcoming, actually. You know, Europe is Europe. I mean, they're, um, you know, they, they all claim to, to, to fight against each other to, in doing things, especially if it's like a, Telefonica, which is a um, company out of Spain doing business in the UK. They talk bad about each other, but you just have to learn how to navigate all that and be the good guy. So I learned a lot and in a short period of time, just dealing in and about culture uh, in the international markets. It was fun. <laughs> that sounds like a great time. For people who are here and are interested in going into sales, what are some characteristics that really make a good person to go into sales or even what you went into business development? What are some key traits? Yeah. So, I mean, 
sales um, in general, I mean, you, you're either wired for it or you're not. I mean, you enjoy engaging people. You can problem solve your, I mean, there's nothing uniquely special about it. It's just something you gravitate to or you don't, um, you know, versus say a technical role or a production role or, or a delivery role. Um, in, in my opinion, um, it's, it's the best place to go because you, you get to, you, you get to understand everything about a company and you get to understand what the benefits are and how things work and then relate that to your customers. Um, I, I definitely think sales is something you have to study to do well. Um, and I definitely recommend, you know, take this course or that course or, you know, study, take the challenger sale and read it. It's a great book. Uh, I didn't write it. I just think it's a great, uh, it's kind of a good Bible on how to sell in today's world. But I think you're, you're, you gravitate to wanting to, to problem solve for customers and, and indeed challenge them, right? You want the best salespeople challenge their customers, meaning they, they have a good relationship with them but they're always trying to help them with their business, which means they have to understand their business. And so you have to be interested in not just what you do as a company, but what your customers do. And you have to spend the time uh, understanding that if you're going to be effective and, and believe me, customers really appreciate it when you do that. Yeah. Building those customer relations are so important these days. <clears throat> if you could give some advice. So some people in this program, they're just recent grads and just starting out. If you could go back in time um, and talk to your recent graduate self, what would you tell yourself or advice that you would give? Uh, two, two things. So uh, one of which I did follow, which was, you know, you know, lay the groundwork so you, have, you can make a phone call after you graduate and you're not just starting from scratch, right? Networking is everything. I'm, I'm, you know, that can't be overstated. Um, but the second and probably more important thing is to do the thing you really want to do. Hmm. And, you know, if, 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 and a lot of times you don't know, and, and that's fair too, but you know, a little bit about yourself, certainly do that self-inspection and, and, and gravitate to the things that make you happy or the things that you feel like you would, would take the time to learn and do better at. Um, you know, mo most people don't do that and they just, you know, chase the first buck that comes their way. I would certainly recommend that. I have kids, you know, I have one that's 24 and another that's 21 that's graduating this year. And, you know, that was the advice I gave them. And, you know, I think, you know, I don't think they're going to listen to me, but just the same, if anyone is listening, it's, it's definitely the follow your heart model where you can, you're going to do so much better in something you love doing than you would ever do, even if you're good at something else, but don't enjoy it. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. I feel like in thinking about sales or different things, it really is the people who love just engaging with the customers and who yeah. they want to be a part of. So most definitely. The, the, the one thing I would say in sales today, uh, and it's probably true in, in many other line jobs is so much in, especially in bigger companies. And I would say that, you know, big companies that sell lots of different products and Cisco is definitely one of them. I mean, it's, it's uh, about a third of it, maybe more is did you or didn't you put your salesforce.com entries in today? Did you, you know, do that write up that I asked you? There's a lot of internal inspection that goes on in these larger companies that, you know, especially public companies are trying to make the quarter. And that, that's something you just have to prepare yourself for going into, especially larger company sales jobs, whether it's an inside job or a line outside job, doesn't matter. There's just constant inspection. And, you know, we can thank the amazing ERP and CRM tools that we have today for that. Uh, but if you walk into an interview and with a large company and say, I understand and I'm very familiar with salesforce.com or whatever their ERP is or CRM is, that's going to be a huge leg up. You wouldn't think that it is, but it's a huge leg up because that's the first thing they're going to ask you to do when you sit down on Monday. Mm -hmm. 
Definitely. Yeah, I think learning, those are some of the things that we learn in this program is how to use some CRM software. And I think it's so important. Um, what did your, so starting out when you were first in sales, what did your like day-to-day look like versus when you were, ended your career versus as a director of sales? Yeah. So, you know, starting out, like I said, I wrote a desk and, and I would recommend that to most people. And I hired a ton of people at Cisco and, you know, we would ship them to uh, RTP uh, uh, down in North Carolina or to Utah to start their careers, essentially learning through, you know, constant training about the company and the products, but also writing a desk and talking to people on the phone and actually learning how to have that first conversation or, you know, even cold calling. I mean, it, it sounds horrible, but, it, you know, a lot of people that t- when they take that call, they want to talk to you. So it, it, especially if, you know, uh, if you know what you're talking about or you can bring something interesting to the conversation quickly, um, that's definitely, a, I think, a great way to start your career in sales. Um, you know, there are a million ways to go into sales. But in tech, you know, the, the, the kind of the stock and trade is inside sales, outside sales, you know, leadership for that. You may have a separate services track. Um, which in many cases is really a separate company within a company that's, that's selling services to support products. Certainly in software space, you have that with uh, customer success folks. So I think, I think any place that you can get in to kind of learn the, the craft and accelerate your understanding of both the, 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 what you're selling and the customer, um, and then how that company's culture affects that selling, that's huge. Anything you can do to do that, again, inside sales is always a great way to go. Definitely. Well, I also would love to open it up for people here to ask you questions as well. So are there anybody in the crowd who would like to ask Matt some questions about his career, sales, anything regarding those things, that line of work? Hey, Matt, I have a question. Sure. Um, you said that networking was one of the most important things to do within your career, and I completely agree with that, but I'm kind of new into networking. So what are some of the best ways that I can, and all of us can connect with people in the field? Yeah, I think I, I was thinking about this uh, before this call. I assume this would come up. So um, I was just telling my own kids this is, you know, you know, people in and about the business that you want to be in, even if it's not a direct, you know, line to the thing you want to do. But uh, my son's in the financial services business and um, down in San Diego, and we have a friend that runs a, um, a company up in, in the Bay Area, and he's trying to really feel his way around. And I said, well, why don't you just call him and ask for advice? And mm-hmm. I think folks that are senior that have done a lot of things, especially successful folks, are dying to share that information, especially with new people, people that are just coming into the world. Give them that perspective. And I think it's flattering. It's not an inconvenience. And I think it's a great way to introduce yourself. You're not really asking them for anything other than their opinion. And they want to give it to you. And in many cases, those conversations go places, right? You you call somebody up and say, I'm just interested in, you know, how do things work in your industry, your world, your job, whatever. And they may say, well, you know, if you're looking to go down this way, you should call this guy or this gal. And, And they will refer you. And I think that's how it starts. You know, LinkedIn notwithstanding and the fact that you can find just about anyone anywhere. I think those personal relationships, when somebody says, hey, I just spoke to this person, you should take, you know, maybe you should talk to him. That's how it gets going. And, and I think it, it's, it's, it's so worth doing when you're young. Um, it's, it's harder to do when you get older. Not that you would call, wouldn't call somebody, but you're supposed to know more. 
So when you're young and just jumping in, I think it's a great time to ask all the dumb questions and there are no dumb questions. Uh, and it's a wonderful way to, to start building that network. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Of course. Is there anyone else with questions they would like to ask Matt about, yeah, how he became the director of sales even? Oh, I didn't answer that. So, I mean, I just moved up. I mean, sales is very hierarchical. Um, you know, you, you, you and, and it's, it's like sports, right? A lot of times the great athletes don't make great coaches. So when you're, uh, and, and I don't know that I was ever the best sales guy, but I was decent enough at it. And, but I had an interest in really managing teams and being more strategic. And as I, um, as I started to tell leadership that I was interested in that and then interviewing for those roles, I was able to demonstrate some of that skill set, which is a different skill set. You know, again, we have superstar salespeople at Cisco that were there, you know, 30 years. That's all they ever did. And they never wanted to do anything else. Many companies have people like that and you need them. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're going to move up or, you know, it's really moved to a different role. It's not so much that it's up, but it's a different role. If you're going to do that, you've got to train and understand and, you know, take a couple of swings, you know, get in the batter's box and probably fail a few times before you learn how to actually execute that. Um, and it, it's just one of those not afraid to fail, not afraid to put yourself out there situations, which I was able to do a bunch of times. And then eventually as you, you know, as you become better at it, you just, you kind of gravitate to the things that you know, you're going to, you're going to do well at, and, and you're going to, you're going to get those positions, but I enjoyed it. I really loved running big teams and having, you know, uh, you know, having success with those teams. And then you learn how to actually operate through your people as opposed to you being the superstar. They're the superstar that you brought in and made, uh, and made successful. Um, so you got to want that, right? It's two different worlds. You know, selling is kind of a, I don't want to say it's a loner sport, but it's, it's kind of an instant gratification, me, me, me kind of role versus a selling leader, which is, you know, how to care and feed for those kinds of people. Yeah, that's a great analogy. And just thinking about watching your growth from just running the desk to actually leading teams. Um, for people who are in that space of wanting to pivot in their career, how would you suggest going about that if they're like, oh, I'm in this one role, but I would like to jump to here? Other than, you know, just having the courage to go there, what are some practical steps that you would Yeah, do? I mean, it, most people you'll talk to, the pivot in the career wasn't their choice. That's usually how it works, right? It's like, oh, that job doesn't exist anymore or this isn't happening or that got cut. So the, the key to that is to just be prepared. Um, what I always told people in, in my teams is have a plan A, a plan B, and a plan C. And that wasn't just for, you know, what are you going to bring in next week? It was what it, for your career, for everything. Have three plans. And I don't mean oversteer, you know, spend your whole weekend working on it, but make sure – that you're looking out of here and if this is working great, but if it isn't, what are you going to do otherwise? So it means preparing. So, and, I, and that's kind of the, how I ended up doing something else. So I was like, okay, there'll be some pivots and changes. What else could I do that I'd be good at and enjoy? And how can I kind of position that now? It's like picking a gear you're not in yet, but getting ready to go in that gear and make sure you're, you're, you know, you've checked as many boxes as you can. Obviously you can't go from, you know, doing something here wildly different over here, right? I mean, you gotta, it's gotta be relatable or something you're training for, right? I mean, you could up and leave and go do a startup. That happens all the time. Um, th those those pe people do that all the time, but truly that's a different world. It's a different world. 
Definitely, definitely. Thank you for answering those questions. Um, is there anyone else that has questions for Matt? Yes, um, I actually have a question. So in your opinion, what have you found motivates salespeople the most? And when it comes to motivating your sales team, what type of training do you feel like needs to be done to develop people into becoming a great salesperson? Sure. So money motivates great salespeople. It's, it, it, the best thing you can do is give them unlimited earnings potential, at least something that they can aspire to do. So I think whenever I wanted high performing teams and the great way to weed out those teams, you know, the, the good from the not so good was, was to put a big bogey out there and say, all right, we got, you know, 10 salespeople. Um, obviously this is the goal we all got to hit. Uh, let's, you know, let's see who's going to get there. That always motivates because salespeople tend to be type A and they're competitive. So you're, you're kind of nurturing that. So I think that's, uh, I think that's critically important. And I, I'm, I'm sorry, the second part of your question? Um, the second part was basically like, what do you feel is important developing people to like do sales? Yeah. So um, kind of training? certainly uh, understanding it. Sell, selling is really about emotional intelligence. It's how, how can you really relate to the person across the desk or people, and especially in large organizations, you're, you're managing, you may be one person, but you're managing, you know, five or six conflicting organizations in a big company that you're trying to sell something to. It's, it's understanding what the field of play looks like. And the, and the faster that you can kind of map that either in your head or on paper or using a tool, whatever, uh, the, the better off you're going to be. So many people, and I've seen this a bunch of times that, you know, they've got a great relationship with decision maker X but they haven't realized that he's flanked by decision, other decision makers or influencers in, in, the, in the process. And they, and they forget or they don't pay enough attention to those. And then ultimately those people end up making the decision, even though the guy in the middle that you had the great relationship with was that guy. So I think it's, it's, it's understanding how to plan. Uh, selling is no different than anything else you do well. You have to have a plan and you, you should have a blueprint, blueprint for how to do that. Uh, how to learn how to do that. I think there's a ton of great training. You guys probably do some of it. Um, and, and it's not, I'm not trying to make it sound like a black art because it isn't. It, it's just a lot of it is emotional intelligence, understanding who's across the, 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 the desk from you or in the organization and then realizing what motivates them. One of the things I always, I told my teams is like, I need you, I need you to know how every one of our major customers gets paid. How does that person get paid? Because if he gets paid doing something that we don't do or do wrong, we're never going to sell to that person. It's never going to happen. So we should align that. That was kind of the first thing. The second thing I like to do um, is we would do personality profiling. So if you have two people in a room that are the complete opposite personality, it doesn't matter how ingenuous their relationship is. They're probably not going to get along. So what we would do is try to map. It wasn't perfect because it's really hard to do. You can't just say we're going to put this person here and that person here every time. But if you've got a major customer and you're, you're going to hire somebody that's going to be effective with a set of decision makers or leaders, you're going to want to understand culturally how they're wired and then spend the time to put the right people in those roles. Wow. Thank you so much. That was amazing. Pleasure. That's great. Anyone else have questions for Matt? I had a question. So Matt, do you think you can be, or do you think someone can be a great salesperson without being money motivated? Well, probably not. And I'd only say that because I think, um, I mean, the, 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 the competitiveness, 
Chuck Robbins, the CEO for, of Cisco, always said it like this. He said he, he was he played basketball in college with Michael Jordan, and he's a six seven or whatever, really really good athlete. Obviously, went to college to play basketball. He said um, business is adult athletics, and we keep score with money. Hmm. And I think that's a brilliant thing to say because it kind of sums it up, right? It's like okay, if you're competitive and you want to go out into the world and take that, you you, you know, your knees are all shot, and you're going to go, you're not going to play basketball anymore. What are you going to do? Well. I'm going to use that motivation to go attain things, right? I'm going to go out into the business world and, and be successful. I, I don't know too many salespeople that were passive, you know, passive. They were more, not that they would jump over the desk, but they wanted to win. And they wanted to win, you know, many different ways. But the ultimate reward was that they were going to get paid. And that's how we kept score. So maybe Cisco's different than some other places. Again, I was there for a long time. That's how we motivated people, right? I mean, from startup all the way through to this last year, I mean, um, the comp plan means everything to a sales guy, person. Great, thank you so much for answering that question. Um, I had another question that I was curious of. So being in sales, but in a, at a tech company in the tech space and having to learn um, just all of the things revolving around the hardware, software, all of those uh, terms, how did you go about that and comprehend that? And what are some tips that you'd have for people? Yeah, in that so I think a technical aptitude, obviously selling technical products, it's good to have a technical aptitude. But it's, it's, it's really, I mean, you're going to have sales engineering support or engineering support or BU support or whatever to kind of get you past the, you know, if you can get in the door, they'll get you, you know, they'll take care of the technical piece of it. What's really important is answer the question, what does this do for my customer? It doesn't matter if it's a straw or a room full of technical equipment. It just doesn't matter. The business outcome is what matters. And you have to be able to relate to that. Now, you'll get into meetings where people are going to, you know, be like, well, you know, XYZ has this feature and that and da, 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 da. what you're really trying to do is paint a bigger picture of why do business with us and why buy this solution. And, and you almost never go get that technical. You really don't need to. If somebody asks you a specific technical question, you're not going to dodge it. But if you can, especially the higher up you go uh, in selling to uh, executives, they're not interested in what the widget does. They don't care. They want to know why that one is the one to buy to make their business better. So in my opinion, the best salespeople and what you want to learn is how any given set of solutions benefits the customer's business. And the, the, the faster you can articulate that uh, in what we used to call an elevator pitch, if you can do that in 30 seconds in an elevator, you're going to win. You're going to win. Definitely. That's a great uh, encouragement for us if, when we're just starting out that we can learn everything and it's really figuring out what that person wants at the end of the day. So thank you. Um, any last questions before we wrap up our time together? I actually had another question. Yeah, go for I was it. I going to ask, do you have any books or podcasts that you recommend? Uh, there's a million of them. I, like I say, I held this up. Uh, this is a challenger sale by uh, Dixon. Um, this is an easy read. I just read it again and I'm not even working. I just think it's a great book uh, that, that sort of describes a modern way to sell, especially in tech because you're usually selling complex solutions to complex customers. And I don't know of too many other um, selling books. There's probably 
tons of them out there, but I like this one for that just because it simplifies it. And it talks about how do you change a conversation? What kind of conversation do you want to have? So I, I definitely recommend that. Uh, it's the challenger group is actually a group that does seminars and stuff. And many companies hire them. Um, I think they're great. Um, any, any, um, selling, I mean, if you're looking at the selling process, there's a million good ones out there and most of them are, are going to take you down this path of sort of mapping out the sale. Like who am I selling to? Who are the decision makers? What, you know, what matters to them? I don't know. And it's just basically a, um, it's a, an outline that you would use to understand, you know, what you're selling into who many, there are many versions of that. And, and if you Google, you know, selling model, there'll, there'll probably be 50 books that come up and a hundred organizations that would love to sell you those services. Um, but I like this one. Um, again, I think, uh, I think learning how to sell anything can be a generic skill set that you can learn, um, out of a book or out of a seminar, learning how to sell in an organization, uh, and I didn't mention this, but I'll, I'll say this now, the most important selling in most organizations is internal. It's not the customer that you're trying to convince it's the company. And the reason for that is because, you know, if the customer wanted to buy what you were selling them the way it is today, they would have already bought it. So typically what you're going to find in software and in tech products and hardware in many of these complex solutions, it's not that they don't want to buy it. They just want to buy it the way they want to buy it. And so you're learning how to sell internally. So what does that mean? That means learning how to do um, financial analysis. That's learning how to sell both directions at the same time. You know, kind of like a fight between you're the middle child and you got the, the, the younger kid and the older kid and you're trying to make peace. Mm-hmm. Um, that is definitely selling in today's world because internal selling, I mean, I, I've got friends at Google, friends at Facebook, friends, friends at Oracle, friends at Salesforce.com. I mean, that's what they do all day is try to take the boilerplate stuff that the company gives you to go sell, you know, massage it. So customer will take it. Customer feedback is usually I like that and that, but I hate that and that. Why don't you fix this? Come back and see me in two weeks. And then your job is to go sell internally. So um, that's where I think networking and learning how to do that. That's like a great question for an executive is like, Hey, in your company, uh, how do you like to be sold to internally? That shows insight, like real insight to how you would successfully navigate a selling process in a big company, especially in a, uh, in, in a big company that I like the ones I mentioned, it's a little different in startups because startups say yes to everything. Startups say yes to everything. We want to buy it uh, in pink delivered on Thursday, upside down. And I want a marching band done, done. No problem. You're going to help our valuation. Fantastic. So like I said, that was a long answer to your short question, but the, the, I think the key, the key to learning how to sell is not just learning how to position with a customer. It's learning how to position internally and the politics of managing that and, and how you, how you would navigate that based on the good questions that you ask of the people in that company. I um, had a, actually a follow-up question regarding that in thinking about internal aspects. Well, with selling, do you also work with, uh, did you also work with like a customer success team when customers would come back to you and be like, Oh, this product isn't this way. And how was, how did you deal and, delegate those sort of relationships. So I, as a second line manager, I was like the kindergarten teacher. So CX was one of the chairs over here and the sales guys and all the other support people were, were all in the room at the same time. So part of it was the harmony between those because everybody wants to be the alpha dog when they go see the customer. So CX is really important now at Cisco. It wasn't, it's a relatively new thing, mostly behind 
mostly CX is about software, right? It's about customer success going in. You're using our product or using it correctly. Could you use more of it? Let's renew those licenses. Go get them. So there's that. And then you usually have a selling team, which is sort of independent of that, that that's part of their team. And you're trying to manage all those people. So I think as a leader, it's, it's how do I best use those assets? Can I put this person in that meeting? Can this person take that person into that meeting? So there's a lot of that sort of, you know, managing the personnel side of it. Um, but there's vital, um, there, there's vital um, value in each of those roles. So a CX person, especially selling software, uh, you, you got to have them, right? I mean, it's, it's critical because they're the ones that are going to do the, the deep inspection to understand the statistics about who's using what for how much and can we renew it or are we just walking into a, are we walking into a firestorm? So really critical people. I think services in our company, it was attached to services. So it was, I thought it was in the right place because services was in there all the time saying, Hey, want to buy some more services? Mm -hmm. So it was kind of all part of that same uh, thing versus just selling hardware. Got you. That makes sense. That makes sense. Well, Thank you so much. Um, is there any way that we could connect with you um, afterwards via LinkedIn if other people have certainly. questions? Certainly, certainly. Happy to do it. Um, I'm, on, I'm on LinkedIn uh, and it doesn't show me retired because I just haven't updated it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so anybody that wants to, to ping me, I'm happy to talk to them. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It was wonderful chatting with you and getting to know you. Um, this has been Talking with Unicorns. And tonight with us, we had Matt Arnoldes and hope to connect with him soon. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Have a good night, everybody. Take care. Bye. Have a good night.